welcome Chris Moore. All right, all right. Well, it's good to be with you. I know you don't know me, um, and I don't really know you, but I know about you. Not that any names were given or anything. Nothing bad, nothing bad. Um, but uh, as Pastor Dexter said, I've, uh, he and I have been friends for a while, for a long time. And, you know, everyone needs, especially a pastor needs, someone they can call and they can talk to. Because it gets really difficult, and you have tough days, and you need to be able to have one, at least one person you can say, anything to. So uh, Pastor Dexter and myself, that's, we're, that's what we do for each other. I can call him up on a rough Monday, rough Sunday. Man, you're not going to believe what just happened. And he can go, I got you. And uh, he can do the same. And so it's, it's an honor. We have been talking for a few years about uh, coming and, and uh, just, just being here with you. And so um, I've been so excited just hear what God has been doing here. And it's so great to be here. You know, pictures don't do it justice. I've seen pictures of all the things that have been happening around here uh, over the last number of years. And it's been really exciting to see what, what's the transformation. Uh, but it's great to also see it as well. So uh, just a little bit about me. Um, I'm, I'm, my name's Chris. I'm from Rhode Island originally. I grew up there. I left when I was 18. Went to Pensacola, Florida. Stayed there for seven years. Uh, left after a hurricane. Hurricane uh, that wiped out Pensacola, <laughs> which if you're in the Panhandle tends to ha- happen a lot apparently, and uh, came to Nashville. Thought it was like the land of milk and honey. I mean, it was just beautiful. I just I love the area, and so uh, my brother and I came up. Uh, my brother works for Operation Blessing, and so if you've ever done anything with Operation Blessing, he's one of the key people that that oversees everything in the U.S. And then, um, so my brother left after a year, and I got connected with our um, our district there. And um, a few years in, uh, I met this guy, and he his name was Jamie, and he headed up our Hispanic ministry. And he asked me to come to his church one time and said, hey, would you come to my church and help me with some finances? And uh, I had just finished doing a, a helping with a church plant that failed. Nothing like the encouragement of something failing, right? Like, yes. And I just told him, I said, I just need, I just, uh, I just, I want to get back into ministry. My heart is for ministry. Uh, and I just need a safe place. And so he said, why don't you just come? And so I went to this little, tiny little place. And I walked in the door. I had a suit on, no tie, and I was way overdressed, and uh, and I just thought, where in the world am I? I? Felt like I was on a mission trip, and so came back a second time. And when I came back the second time, uh, my my translator was this beautiful woman sitting here on the front row, and I guess the rest is history. Uh, yeah, but a year and a half later, we got married. There's a whole lot more to that story. I'm a storyteller. And I love telling stories, so I have to be careful of my time. So <laughs> we'll be here all day. So anyway, uh, that's just a little bit about me. My wife and I are both come from uh, Assembly of God backgrounds. Both of our parents are, are each of our parents are uh, Assembly of God pastors. Mine still pastors in Rhode Island. Uh, hers pastors uh, just outside Nashville in Madison. And so we've been really blessed to have a great heritage. And uh, we're now pastoring in a small little in a small community, just uh, a little over five thousand people. And the wonderful thing about pastoring in rural is you can make a great impact in a big way in a small town. So that's where God's called us. We've been there almost seven years and we're loving it. Uh, It's just been wonderful. So 
As I was trying to think about really what I wanted to share with you today, I just really felt like the best thing I could do is maybe just share a little bit about some of the experiences of our lives and maybe encourage you in your experience. So I entitled the message today, It's Not Over. It's Not Over. I don't know if any of you have been through a season where you've gotten to the place and um, have you ever prayed for something, believed for something, and it didn't happen? Or maybe it really started to take a long time, and in the, in the season of it taking a long time, you lost this thing called hope. I don't know if any of you have ever prayed a prayer for a while, but after a while, you almost get to the place of saying, it's just probably not going to happen. Like, I believe God can do anything, right? Would we all agree that God can do anything? Right? God can do anything, right? We're really good on that one. But when it comes to what God can do in my life, sometimes we, we, we struggle because we say, you know, I've been praying this for a while. It hasn't happened. Maybe it's just, it's just not going to happen. And so I want to just share with you a, a little bit about that. I want to encourage you in your walk. And, and my first point th- this morning is, is when hope is lost, it's still not over. When hope is lost, it's not over. Now, my wife and I met, uh, when we met, uh, man, I was just head over heels for this girl. Still am. This is not as girl's a woman. Uh, she is so talented. Uh, she's a singer. She's, she's a minister. She is, she can preach better than me. She can do life better than me. And somehow she still married me. Thank goodness. And so, uh, you may say, well, how in the world did a big white guy marry this, this short, beautiful Hispanic girl? Um, I don't know, but she said yes, and I've been thankful ever since. We got married, and you know, just like anyone that gets married, you're excited, and uh, when we, we were just excited about just being married, and it was just wonderful. I was just excited not to, to, to take her away from her family. I was actually excited about that, because we spent a lot of time with her family. Our second date alone was uh, after we were married. So that'll let you know how much time we spent with the family. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we, here we are. We get married. We're on this journey. We're excited. We want to start a family. And um, one, two, three, four, five years goes by. And all of a sudden, now it's been five years. And, you know, when you get married, uh, you want this thing called children, Right, they're really great to have when you get married, and and my wife loves children, and all of a sudden here we go, and it's been five years, and and in the first year it's like great, you know, we don't want really want children because we want that time to ourselves. Second year we just begin to pray, Lord, would you bless this little child? Third year, fourth year, fifth year, about five and a half years in, here we go, and we're praying, we're praying, praying, believing, and all of a sudden it's just not happening. I mean, we did everything, we did we did all natural routes, we did all the you know. Clomid and all that, if you know what all that stuff is, we went to the doctors, we did all that, and then we finally got to this critical place, and Leslie turned to me, and she just said, I'm, I'm done trying, because it was, it is, as hard as it was for me, it was just, it was really, really difficult for her, she just, she just said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of hoping, I'm tired of, of just trying, you know, to go through all this, and I was just like, hey, God's going to do it. But it got into the place where we just didn't even talk about children. We didn't even, we just didn't, it just wasn't anything we said. We didn't talk about it at all. And so here we are. I'm a pastor. We're pastoring a church. And here my wife kind of pretty much turns to me and says, I don't, you know, I believe God can do anything, but maybe we're just not going to have children. And so it was this difficult place that I came to and I just said, you know, I can't, I'm not satisfied with that uh, because I can't go pray for people, for God to do something in their life. 
and, and just be okay with, okay, it didn't happen. I just, I wasn't, that wasn't enough for me. And so I, I began this season of praying and just seeking and, and, and just going after God and begin to just pour out my heart and begin to seek the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, and every single night I just begin to pray over my wife. and Lord, would you just bless us with a child? Would you bless us with a child? You know, something happens when we get to a place of crisis in our lives and we get desperate. You realize when we get desperate, when each of us gets desperate, we do things differently. When you get desperate, right? Uh, have you ever been without money? I remember in college, I didn't, I would run out of money, uh, often it seemed like, and I would get desperate, like, hey, I want to eat, you know? Uh, and, and I would just, I would get desperate, so I'd be willing to do things I wouldn't normally, I wouldn't normally do. Like, there was things that were off the list until I got desperate, right? I mean, I wasn't willing to clean anyone's house. I remember cleaning a guy's house. He was like, hey, I work for this guy, and he's like, I'm like, man, I need to make some extra money. He's like, would you clean my house? And I'm like, Will you pay me money? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'll clean your toilet because I'm desperate, right? When you're desperate, you do things that you wouldn't normally do, right? You think my, I thought to myself, what, am, what is a guy going to do cleaning a house? Like, I don't know if I have that talent, that gifting. When you're desperate enough, you'll, you'll do it. And I remember him telling me, you clean better than the lady that I hired to clean. And I'm like, man, I'm desperate because I need to make some money, right? When we're desperate, we're willing to say things, do things, go places. And, and, and here's what happens is in the processes of us believing, we can get to this place that where if something hasn't happened soon enough, we get to this place where hope, we feel like hope is lost. We feel like it's just not going to happen. And we get to this place. And so what do we do? We write off that prayer request. It ain't going to happen. Hope is lost. Hope is lost. My second thing is that when it seems impossible, when it seems impossible, it's not over. So when we, when my wife and I first met, we, we had gone to the doctor. And the doctor had told us right at the beginning, you're going to have difficulty getting pregnant. There's nothing worse than a doctor telling you it ain't going to happen. I just thought, you know what, it's going to happen. Right? It wasn't even faith. I just figured, you know, it's going to happen. After five and a half years of not happening, it got to the place where when we had done everything we could, you ever do that? You ever do everything you could? I don't have enough money. I'm going to do everything I can. Uh, I, I need something to happen in my family. I've done everything I could. I've tried to re- restore and, and fix this relationship. I've done everything I can. I've tried to fix my marriage. I've tried to reach out to my kids. I've done everything I can. Now all of a sudden I'm at the place of impossible. Because if I can't do it and I can't find someone else to do it, it must be impossible, right? And so when we get to this place where we lose hope and then then it becomes impossible, then we think it's definitely not going to happen because it's impossible. When I think about that and I think about what was told to us in, in this, that impossibility, uh, and we got to that place, now I'm here and I have to make a decision. Do I believe that God is the God of the impossible? Right? I mean, we say, oh, yes, yes, he can do it, he can do it, until it's, it's in your life. Until it's in your life and it's really happening and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, God, I know you're the God of the impossible. We sing about it. We talk about it. It's in the Bible. You know, all this good stuff. But, but is he really the God of the impossible to you? Is he really the God of the impossible in your situation and what you're going through? Is he really the God of the impossible or is he just the one that we talk about? 
I always think about, when I think about being desperate, I think about the story in Luke chapter 8, verse 34 to 38, and it talks about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Do you remember this story? I love this story because I see a woman that came to the impossible. I see a person that came to the impossible. I see a person that came to a place of without hope. And she came to the very end of herself. And what did she do? She said, I've done everything that I can do. Let me ask you something, just real practical. When you have a need in your life, what do you do? You fix it, don't you? Guys, we're fixers, right? We're fixers. Right? Something breaks down, we're going to fix it. Right? That's why our wives have like a list, like a mile long, of all the things that we promise we're going to fix. Right? And, and we don't want anyone else. No one better fix that. I'm the fixer. I'm going to fix it. Right? We're going to fix it. We, we, we try to fix things well. And, and then sometimes we just give up. And, and, and nothing worse than anybody have your wife remind you often, Honey, you know what you said you were going to do? And you're like, dear God, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I promise. Right? At least that's how my wife works. She, she just reminds me of those things. When we, in our lives, we're fixers, so it just innately and just what we naturally do is we try to fix things in our lives. But I love this story because she got to the place. She tried to fix it. She went to the experts that, that were supposed to be able to fix it. She just got desperate. And I have learned in my life that being desperate can, can result in one of two things. You can use some really crazy, stupid things. Or you can just throw yourself at the feet of, of Jesus. And in that desperate moment, you may be willing to go places you're never willing to go. You may be willing to do things you're never willing to do. All of a sudden, that desperate place does something. And here we see a, a woman, and I'm just going to read it to you. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, this woman in the crowd had, had suffered for 12 years with this constant bleeding. And she had been told by doctors, it's just not going to happen. And she couldn't find a cure in verse 44. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the hem of his robe. Immediately, I love that part, immediately the bleeding stopped. And Jesus says, who touched me? Everyone denies it. Peter says, Master, this whole crowd is pressing against you, right? So we know this story. But I love that. Out of the desperation, she was willing to say, I don't care. I've got to get to him because he has the answer. I don't have the answer. The doctors doesn't have. No one has the answer. In your life, what is? what are you looking for? What are you trying to fix? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it your finances? Are you just in a place of saying, God, I feel like I'm in this desert? What are you trying to fix in your life? And have you gotten to the place where you have spent yourself enough that you're willing to give up trying and finally say, okay, Lord, I need you. Because where God works is he says, listen, I'm going to let you do what you do. I'm going to let you wear yourself out because until you wore out, until you give up, until you surrender, I can't do anything in your life. I don't know about you, but coming to the place of surrender, coming to the place where we say, okay, God, I surrender. I give up. That's tough. My wife and I were in the season, uh, we were serving in a church in, in, uh, in East Tennessee, and it was the first position that we had served at together as a married couple. 
We served there for a year and a half, and it was the hardest time in our lives. We were associate pastors, youth pastors. You could just call it a slash. You know what I mean? Like, you know, youth pastor slash, uh, you know, associate slash media slash uh, finance director slash principal of the Christian school slash, you just keep going. You know, janitor slash, you know, whatever. Nursery worker, that, that was it. And I remember I got to this point, and I turned to my wife, and this was really hard. Because, guys, let's just be honest. I mean, we're the ones that that our wives look to. We're the ones that our wives look to and say, okay, I'm going to follow you, right? You're hearing from God. Okay, we're in this together. All of a sudden I got to that place and I realized maybe we're not where God wants us to be because it had been so, so hard. I remember looking at her and just tears in my eyes. I messed up. I don't know, I missed it. It was such a hard season. I remember that. And I remember that place of brokenness. And it, brokenness is what I've realized is brokenness is a, is a special thing. You know, when we give up, that's one thing. But brokenness is something totally different. It gets to the very soul of us. And when we're broken, we need some rebuilding. We need some encouraging. We need some lifting up. And I just remember in that moment crying out to the Lord. And God did a, a miraculous thing in our lives. God opened up a door and, and let us, and I'm giving a very short version of this awesome story. We got to open up a door and let us to the place we're at right now. And the season there, I can't tell you it's been, it, it's been a wonderful, wonderful season, not without its challenges, uh, not without, you know, difficulties, but wonderful, wonderful season. And I'm so thankful for the season we're in. But something happens when we become broken and desperate. God says, okay, now you're giving me something that I can use. Now I can work within that. The third thing I want to just bring out to you is, is when we pray and then, the, and then finally, finally the prayer gets answered. That's a wonderful day. That's a wonderful day. So in our story, five and a half years in, um, Leslie and I went to, uh, took a mission trip to visit some missionary friends of ours. And we went down to Columbia and uh, spent a few days down there. And on day two, on day two, uh, this, we went to this, early, it was early in the morning or late in the, I don't remember. It was an early, it was a service. It was a prayer time, right? And you know, like prayer, prayer like, you know, like what, 10% of your church comes to a prayer meeting, you know, something like that, right? So it was a prayer thing. And this was in a community, this is in a community with a lot of, uh, it's a lot of colleges in this part of Columbia where we're at, it's a lot of young people. So there was this older lady that walked up to us. It was, I, I don't know, I'm not going to throw ages out. She was an older lady, just work with me, okay? She was an older lady. And she walked up to my wife, and she came up to her, and she put her hand on her stomach, and, and she said something to her in Spanish, and, and by the way, when my father-in-law asked me to come help him, I told him, by the way, I failed Spanish. And after almost 10 years, it hasn't gotten any better. So any prayer you want to send my way for that, I'll take it. So she puts her, uh, lady puts her hand on her and asks her something. And I see that look, you know, that look from your wife. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that lady just called my wife fat. This is about to go down. <laughs> In Colombia, you know, Hispanic girl beats up old Colombian lady, you know, 
It's about to go down right now. And I look at our six man. I'm like, oh, this can't be good. Cause at this point we, we're not talking about children anymore. It's a touchy subject. And all of a sudden, you know, she comes over and tells me, I said, Oh, what'd she say? She, she asked me if I was pregnant and I'm like, Oh boy. Oof. So we, we come back four weeks later. It's a Wednesday night. And my wife calls me and she says, Hey, are you alone? Okay. First of all, I'm thinking, what can you not tell me over the phone that I have to be alone for? And I said, no, I'm dropping off one of the leaders in our church. I'll be there in a minute. She said, call me as soon as you finish dropping them off. Okay. Call her. And she says, Hey, I want you to pick up a pregnancy test. And so I said, okay. Now remember it's been five and a half years. I'm not even really, I'm just to be honest, guys. I don't even really know what all is happening, like why we can't have children. I just know we can't have children, right? I, my wife can tell you just lots of knowledge about it. Not, me, not so much. And so she's get a pregnancy test, come home. She's locked in the, in the bath. She's locked herself in the bathroom. My brother-in-law's there. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on here? And so she said, I took a pregnancy test. It came back positive. But I, I want to take another one. And so she had told me, get the one that says pregnant or not pregnant. Like, we're going to clear this up right now. Right? No crosses and lines and all that. We're just going to get to the heart of this. So I said, okay. So I bring it in there. She does what she has to do. All of a sudden it comes back. It's pregnant. I'm just like, okay, what does this mean? Like, I know what this means. I know what this means. I know how we got there. But I don't exactly know how that affects us. Does that, like, I didn't, I didn't get it all. You know, I didn't know, like, you know, we're having trouble carrying the baby. You know, I didn't, I didn't get it all. I'm like, does this mean we're having a child or is this, I, I just didn't get it. Okay. So we went the next day and the doctor confirms and we did like, we paid the extra money. They rushed it, you know, and uh, they said, listen, you guys are pregnant. And all of a sudden a five and a half year prayer turned into an answer to prayer. And that was, it was powerful. So being a good pastor, we find this out. This is the Wednesday before Easter. Pastor would probably do the same thing I did. You know, you're going to tie that right into the sermon because Jesus didn't just come back from the, the grave and, you know, change our lives, but he's the God of miracles, right? We're pre- we're preaching on miracles that Sunday. And so I said to her, you know, I said, is, is it all right? Because, you know, guys, there's all kinds of stuff we don't even get. Like, I didn't know you weren't supposed to, like, even, like, really, like, there was issues all the way up to a certain weeks, you know what I mean? Like, 12 weeks, you know? Here we are four weeks in, or six weeks. Was it six weeks? or f- Six weeks in. I'm just like, we're pregnant. We are going to just let everyone in the world know. Because my wife had also told our church. She was our worship leader at the time. So I tied that right in. And uh, we had a great, awesome Easter, as we told our church, who had been praying for us for a year and a half. Um, and it was, it was a powerful, powerful time. But, you know, once the prayer has been answered in your life, you know, God's just, he's not done. Like, the, the very prayer that you have been praying for years and years, weeks and weeks, months and however long it's been, when it finally gets answered, it's not done. Like, he isn't just the God of the one powerful just moving miracle in your life. And then that's it. And he's like, okay, I've done my duty as God. I'm going to sit down. The rest is on you. I can never do anything else. I gave you one miracle. 
just live with it. I thought when we get pregnant, this is awesome. I mean, we have a beautiful little girl running around here somewhere. You'll see her. Her name is, does anybody know Spanish? Okay, a little bit. So I learned Spanish. I'm telling you more, getting away from my time. Okay. I learned, look, if you don't know Spanish and you marry a Spanish girl, you got to at least let her know how, you got to be able to say, I love you in Spanish. I think it's very basic. You got to have that one down though, okay? Super brownie points. So I learned, you know, um, Mia Moore is my love. Well, my last name is Moore. So being a cheesy guy, I was like, what if we name our daughter Mia? So our, na- our daughter is Mia Bella Moore. There you go. All right. When I, whenever I tell it to Hispanic people, they just think it's funny. When I, tell it to, when I tell it to white people, they're like, oh, how sweet. Okay, so I looked at the crowd. I figured you guys would think that was sweet. So, oh, yeah. But listen, God isn't just interested in doing one miracle in your life, but he wants to do more. But we've got to give him an opportunity. So here we have this one beautiful child. I'm just in heaven. Like, I love this girl more than life itself. Oh, my goodness. Daddy's girl. Oh, man. Just, she melts me. Okay? But now here we go and we say, you know what? We would like another child. Because I don't want, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want the bratty one child. You know, she's already turning into that because she's like this miracle baby. And, you know... (laughs) She kind of gets anything she wants from grandma and grandpa. Um, so, you know, I'm just like, dear God, we got we to gotta save this child and get him another, get her a sibling here, you know. So we start praying again. And I just think, man, we had one. It's going to happen again. You know, we got, we got the formula down. We're good. Three years clicks by. No more baby. Thinking, God, what, what happened here? Like, I got to go back to the desperate place that I was at before. And guess what he said? Yep. God, you mean I got to pray and intercede and believe that you're the God that can do the miraculous when the doctors still say, because we went through the same situation, went through all the same stuff. We thought, man, it's just going to happen. Doctor, ah, don't worry, you got the first one, man. You're going to have like a dozen now. Not true. Three years in, here we are again. And I begin to pray again. And I said, God, this time I prayed a little differently. Because this became the desire of my heart. And I just began to pray in a different way. And I said, God, you know the desire of my heart. God, you have blessed me with this beautiful child. You have blessed us with this beautiful child, but God, would you please? You don't have to. If you never gave me one more thing, God, I'd be so thankful, God. You've done so much, and you've been so faithful in our lives. God, if nothing, God, I'm just so thankful for what you've done. But God, the desire of my heart is that we have another child. I walked in my kitchen one night. It was a few weeks after Valentine's Day, and I'm walking through my kitchen, and uh, I'm coming up, and my wife is in our dining room, and she says, hey, honey, by the way, I got you something. It's late, but it's for Valentine's Day. And in my heart, she didn't, that's all she said. Like, there was no secret-coded, you know, smirk or anything. Um, I can't really see her. In my heart, this simple prayer, God, I hope, I hope she's about to tell us we're pregnant. Like, I hope that's, it, just, it was just in my heart. 
and walked up and she had this little letter and she opened, I opened it up and it says, keep calm. You're going to be a daddy again. And I was like, really? Are you serious? Like this was the expression she was hoping for the first time, by the way. (laughs) Really? I mean, I was just thrilled. And then I started panicking. Okay, God, how are we going to pay for this baby? Because the first time I was clueless about all the responsibility, right? So I was just, uh, the second time I was just like, <laughs> dear God, are we going to have enough money <laughs> to pay for this child? But you know, God wants to, to, to do more than just one miracle in your life. In fact, he wants you to become dependent on miracles in your life. He doesn't just want you to do your life your way, and then when you get to this critical place and you're willing to get desperate enough, then he'll do one. He wants you to stay desperate for him all the time. He wants you to surrender, to give up, to say, I surrender all. In fact, God, I got a, I got a plan, but guess what? I'm pretty sure it's not as good as your plan because your plan is way better than anything I could come up with. In this same season, I want to encourage you here. When we first started praying for my daughter, my first daughter, because by the way, my wife is 18 weeks pregnant. So I find out in two weeks, the day before I leave to go to Bolivia, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not going on this trip until I find out. And I'm just going to speak this out. It's a boy. It's a boy. She tells me God already has whatever it is, but I'm still throwing in my prayers last minute. Boy, Jesus. So if you're on Facebook, follow us, and you can find out if it's a boy, too, in two weeks. So in this same season, in the season where we were believing for my daughter, Mia, uh, this, this pastor called me. And here's what I want to share with you. Your miracle isn't just for your benefit. Your miracle is for the benefit of those around you as well. In fact, maybe in a greater way. Because this guy right here, Pastor Dexter, had called me in 2014. God had just blessed this church and everything that has happened structurally. And remember, he told me, he said, I just got a check in the mail. And you know what I said? Man, my faith is just sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where is my faith? You know, <laughs> I've lost it. Now. But I remember him talking, and I was so excited. I mean, I was so excited for him. And God began to just cause something to stir in me. And I said, God, there's got to be more than just showing up to church, just going through the motions, just believing that you can. God, I want to see you do it. God, I don't care what it is. God, I want to see you do it. And God, I believe that you can. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that the impossible can be made possible. I'm just that desperate enough to believe that crazy stuff in the Bible. Your pastor, this church, was a part of my story and began that journey. And I'm just going to be honest with you, as a pastor, my faith was that God would send us a miracle check, you know? No idea that my personal prayer and my pastoral prayer (laughs) would connect. Because here's here's my simple prayer. God, I want to see you do something in our church that not just I know, not that I can just say this is, this is a God thing. Not just that our board can say this is a God thing. But that our church knows that they know that they, they just know that this is a God thing. And do you know where my just mind was? I was like, God, you're going to give us money to pay off debt, right? 
Kind of sounds boring, doesn't it? That's where my mind was because I was like, hey, if someone pays off the debt of our church, our board will be like, it's a miracle. And our church will be, it's a miracle. But what I didn't know is that that desperate prayer, and I didn't tie God down to, oh, you got to pay this off. But I just simply pray, God, I'm believing for a miracle that our church knows. And what I didn't know is he had already intersected my miracle, my per- our personal miracle, with our churches. That's how he works. So I want to ask you today, what miracle are you desperate enough to seek him for? You see, when I came today, I came to your, we're here, right? I've been at the beach for a week. I know you cannot tell. I have two shades, white and red. That's it. That's why I married a girl that can bring hope to my children. They'll get a tan one day. But, you know, in this season, all right, our team can come here. In, the, in this season that we're in right now, I just want to ask you. I, I know you're here on Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend. And I know you probably showed up Sunday. You're here just like every other Sunday, right? What makes this Sunday any different than any other Sunday? I want to ask you. Just, 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 just think for just a minute. What is that one prayer that you really wish God would answer? Maybe if some of you have just given up hoping that it's going to happen. Maybe it's that prayer that you say, you know what? I've been praying for my, my children, this particular child, to find you, Jesus. I've been praying for my marriage to be restored. I've been praying for financial breakthrough. I've been praying to maybe meet the right person. I've been praying. Maybe whatever your prayer is, you've been praying it for a while. And now you're in the place of just saying, you know what? I've prayed it for a year. I've prayed it for two years. I've prayed it for 10 years. It's just probably not going to happen. I want to tell you that it's not over. However long you've been praying, whatever you've been doing, it's not over. If the God of the miracles, the God that healed the woman with the issue of blood is the same God that wants to move in your life. So now the question is, God doesn't really have to move, does he? Like he's ready. And in a season of my life, a scripture which we probably all have heard a thousand times, Jeremiah 29, 11, my church is tired of hearing me say this. But I came to this place and God spoke this to me. He said, I know the plan I have for you. I know the plan. It's a good plan. It's a really good plan. And it's going to work. It's going to succeed. And it has hope attached to it. It has a future attached to it. And if you continue reading, it says, in those days, when you pray, I'm going to listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you're going to find me. So today is just a Sunday like any other Sunday. What's the difference maker today? You are. You're the difference maker today. You see, we can hurry up and get to lunch. Or today can be the day that we pray the desperate prayer that we've stopped praying. Because it hasn't come true yet. But the God of the miracles wants to move in our lives. Today. In this moment. In this place. See, something's, you know, maybe maybe this is just a time to hang out and hear a good word and... But when we come together, when I come together, 
I'm encouraged. I'm, in, I'm refreshed. And I feel like the impossible can be made possible because two or more are gathered. And if they're gathered, then he's there, right? Like we don't just say that, we believe it. So here's what I want you to do. I want to ask you something, a favor. I want to ask that you would, if you need a miracle in your life, if there's a prayer that you've been praying, maybe it's a prayer you haven't even told anyone. Maybe it's a, you've been hoping for something. I want to ask you to just come up and stand here. Now listen, before you do that, I know it's like, hey, why, why do I need to come up? You know, Jesus can touch me in my seat. But what did the woman with the issue of blood do? She was willing to move, wasn't she? Now God can touch you right in your seat. But I think something happens when we take a step and we just say, God, I need you today. I'm broken. I'm desperate. Maybe we think like we've got it figured out. Maybe we think, you know what? I- I've got this. You know, my, my f- I've got my future. I've got it figured out. Is it really the best plan? Is it God's plan or is it your plan? Because if it doesn't scare you to death, it's probably not your plan. I mean, it's probably not God's plan. It's probably your plan. I mean, if you think, I got this, you're going to reap what that gets you. And that's not what God has for you. So I want to ask, if you want to come up, would you come up? And I just want to pray with you. Leslie and I just want to pray with you. That whatever prayers in your heart, whatever God is, whatever you're desiring, that today would be the day of the miraculous. That this would be the moment that God says, I want to do in your life what seems impossible. I want to provide for you in ways that you can't even fathom. Because I'm the God of the miraculous. I'm the God that says, listen, whatever anyone else says, the doctors say, listen, I love being in the place of this is what the doctor said and I get to move in a different way. He's the God of the impossible. So I just want you to, if, if you're not coming up, just stand with me. Just stand and just raise your hands. Listen, the Holy Spirit moves in our lives in different ways. We all have unique personalities. And I just want you to begin to talk to the Lord for just a moment. Begin to express to the Holy Spirit, Lord, I need you today. I'm desperate for you. I need you to move in my life. I want you to move in my life. Lord, I'm desperate for you. Some of you need to come to that place of brokenness brokenness. Some of you say, you know what? I can't pray for myself. I, I, I don't, I don't feel motivated. Here's, here's a little secret I found. If you can't pray for yourself, that's okay. I want you to begin to pray for someone else because we all know somebody in need. And what happens is when I pray for somebody else in need, I get in touch with the Holy Spirit. I get in touch with the Lord. I get, I get connected to something and I begin to say, God, and all of a sudden, now when I begin to pray for the need that I have, there's, there, there's some connection that's already happening there. So right now, I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord. I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. And then I'm just going to pray with you. Because I believe God wants to do in you what he's done in us. Now, we just talked about babies this morning. I could talk to you about vehicles. I could talk to you about finances. I could talk to you about jobs because God has not just stopped at, you know, blessing us with children. He has continued. But here's the thing is there had to be a seeking on our end and he's not done with us yet because listen, we got a baby coming 
I have no idea truly how we're going to pay for the child. That's not just some funny thing. I really don't know. We don't have insurance. We, we don't know. We need God to move in our lives again this year. But guess what? He's done it in the past. He's going to do it again. He's not going to give us a blessing and then say, now suffer. He's going to provide. But I'm going to just be honest. My flesh is freaking out. God, how are you going to do this? I don't know how you're going to do this. So let's just begin to pray. Let's begin to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now into this church, into this place. Holy Spirit, would you just have your way in our lives right now? Holy Spirit, would you just begin to move? Lord, you know our deepest desire, the desire of our heart. Lord, you said you'd give us the desire of our heart. God, I pray, Lord, whatever that desire is, Father, whatever needs, Lord, just to be refreshed, restored, wherever the breakthrough needs to happen, Lord, that you truly are the God of the impossible. God, you move in such powerful ways. God, I pray, Lord, that we'd be willing to take a step and extend hope and say, God, I'm willing to hope again. Holy Spirit, we just begin to move. We're going to begin to pray for you right now.